millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, this is former Sunderland captain George Honeyman here. This Christmas, Roker Report are raising funds for Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. It's a fantastic charity with the soul of the community at its heart and they'll be working round the clock this Christmas to make sure hungry people in our city don't go without. They couldn't do it without your help. You can be certain that your donation, no matter how large or small, will be put to good use to provide help for local people who are in desperate need of it. You can find the links on Roker Report's Twitter and Facebook page. Thank you for all your help and a Merry Christmas to all of you. Stay safe. Hello everyone and welcome to the Roka Report Player Ratings Podcast in association with Sunland Community Soup Kitchen. My name is Anthony Waterson and I am joined tonight by Chris Wynn. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, Ant. Um, a bit deflated, but, uh, but yeah, we'll get into it. Yep, certainly will. And also from sunnier climates uh, all the way from Australia is Martin Wanness. How are you? I'm alright, mate. Yes, there's a few things to pick through from, from tonight's and today's activity, isn't there? Yeah, we might as well get right into it. Um, Sunderland have drawn 1-1 with EFC Wimbledon, which really doesn't tell the whole story at all. Um, Wimbledon took the lead uh, just on the stroke of half-time after a penalty by uh, Joel Piggott after Cal McFadden had really done terribly in the box and gave away a penalty. Um, Sunderland then, in the second half, equalised to Bailey Wright with a very good finish from the centre-half, um, right into the corner, lovely goal. Uh, both teams had chances to win it. Probably the best came from Wimbledon. Um, the Birch tried to punch one straight to their striker. Um, they, they put one wide. Sunderland, had, Sunderland tried to create a couple of things, but didn't quite work off, especially for Will Grigg again. Uh, Chris, we'll ask you, first of all, before any of these hi- highlights, uh, should the game have gone ahead? As Sunderland had eight players ruled out, having to self-isolate with COVID-19. Uh, we found that out a couple of hours before kickoff. Should the game have gone ahead, Chris? Uh, yeah, well, I just I just don't really get it. I don't, I don't get why the EFL haven't got real solid guidelines in place where it's just, you know, I mean, it, I mean, even, you, you know, every, everyone's experienced um, workplaces, schools, you know, whatever. And, you know, if there's cases, then, then there's consequences, whether people get kind of pulled out or you just kind of close something down. And, I mean, what 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 sets football apart? I mean, if there's a if there's a bubble, which there apparently is with the squad, and then there's positive kind of you know tests and people come back with with COVID, then you know surely then people in that bubble you know need to isolate and and take stock and test. Um, I mean, the night of the game, people say, right, we've got positive tests and people have got COVID, and then you've got another squad to play directly against them and mix with them. 
Um, I mean, what mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen? It's absolutely ridiculous that it's not, the AFL haven't got the guidelines where it's just right. You've got co- you've got COVID cases. You postpone games until we know exactly what the state of play is at the club, and we know what the situation is in terms of number of positive tests and how the bubbles work, and uh, and then you make an assessment after the game, but you call the game off. Um, yeah. So I, I don't really get why they haven't got real solid guidelines in place because it doesn't seem to have. Yeah, Martin. Now, well, I'll ask you this: Do you think Sunderland have? Because it's it's been not very clear that we've tried to get the game called off, or the EFL have said, well, you know, you can, but there'll be an investigation. Have have something maybe just went well? We're going to be missing a couple of games. Shall we play this one and hope for the best, or you know, should it just be right? It's off. As simple as the game is off. I think there's there's going to be a lot of fallout from this. And I'm, I'm obviously we we're recording this directly after the game, so we haven't heard anything from from Lee Johnson about the um you know the situation before the game. The yeah, the fact that, to hear that the fact that there's um you know there's nothing in place that's very definitive from the EFL is surprising on one hand and completely unsurprising on the other, given the um the lack of leadership the EFL has shown over the course of, of the year. But, you know, we're, we're 11, well, 10 or 11 months into COVID-19 and they haven't got a definitive policy on when matches should be called off or, or, or played. When you look at the guidance, I, I had a sort of quick scout around the EFL website trying to figure out what the guidance was. And really it is, it's at the club's discretion to call it off if there's cases, but there will be an investigation if the match can be fulfilled. It should be fulfilled. So, you know, the fact that the AFL couldn't tell Sunderland whether or not there would be a sanction, which I think would be ridiculously harsh and would get an awful lot of bad press if there was, um, mm. is one thing. I think we've I think we've kind of gone, you know what, we can get three points here, give some of the younger players a chance. But, you know, it obviously hasn't worked and we I think we should have called it off. Yeah. I mean, j- yeah. just to just to quickly come in, I mean, I don't get what the difference is between, you know, if we're talking about eight positive cases, but... I mean, if you've got if you've got one positive case in your squad and you, you're living like a, a bubble within within your football squad, I mean, the, the, if you've if you've got one or eight, you've got a positive you know test, mm-hmm. you've got a positive kind of COVID outcome within the squad. So there needs to be a, a set guidelines. I mean, people were talking about. I mean, I saw the tweet from Keith Downey talking about the AFL haven't got a, a, a number of players that triggers a postponement. No, it's, but, it's, but, but what's yeah. the what's the difference? I mean, what's the difference between three players, seven players, eight players, ten players, one player? There's no difference if you've got COVID within that bubble. Then there needs to be consequences. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is as well. You look at Bristol Rovers and Charlton today. They had theirs called off straight away. You know, whatever sanctions comes in for that one, you know, it was called off so quickly this morning. I mean, we must have found, we must have known yesterday that you know who I think it's Chris McGuire who's who's tested. Uh, that Chris McGuire was showing signs of COVID nineteen, so surely something there has triggered where we were that right, we might have to call this game off tomorrow, you know. And for it to come out, I think for it to come out two hours before kickoff, I mean, we were getting like kind of uh, messages in the WhatsApp group where we, we thought it would have been it would have been two, three, or four, didn't we? But it's just for me, it's just happened so like it's it's slow reaction again, you know, where really it should have been done this morning, and then we wouldn't have had this argument, you know what I mean? The game would have been called off, Saturday would have been called off, you know, you play those games safety. Safety and the health of some of the players involved and possibly the Wimbledon players must be paramount. No matter, you know, no matter if we need a win or, you know, football comes second to a global pandemic. I mean, I, I just cannot see any other way around it. It must have been called off for me. Um, but it wasn't. And we played. And, um, you know, it wasn't the greatest of games. Um, I think Sunderland had a lot of possession, didn't really do enough with it. And on the stroke of half time, Martin, I mean, awful defender by. By McFadgen release uh, releases pick up a score a penalty. I mean, it's just 
typical Sunderland, wasn't it? That <laughs> it was. It was. Um, it was quite pathetic defending, really, wasn't it? He, um, oh, he didn't have to do that. He, he had a little tug out, Adam, sort of outside the box, didn't he? And I thought, I thought he might get away with it. I thought the referee might give a, a free kick outside the box, but he, he kept on going, and he, his first attempt didn't um, quite get him. So he kept on going, pulling the shirt, and definite penalty. And it just kind of that that typified McFadden's night, really, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, oh, he was he was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. I mean, there was not one Sun player appealed, was there? Um, yeah. And so, obviously, at, at halftime, we bring on Lyndon Gooch, who didn't look fit at all. Um, we managed to get an equaliser, Chris, uh, across from, I think it was Conor McLaughlin, very well taken by Bailey Wright. Really good goal, actually. It was. It was a fantastic finish, wasn't it? I mean, uh, I mean, let's stick him up front for the rest of the season. Um, if he's going to do any worse, uh, exactly. He? I mean, <laughs> well, Mel, just to get a chance, because uh, some of our strikers have played far longer than him up front. <laughs> he, he was up front for about five minutes and got himself a chance. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was obvious in the first half, Wimbledon came with a game plan and they executed it, to be fair. I mean, mm. I mean we didn't have enough to, to break them down. I thought we had some decent energy, decent tempo, but um, uh, just kind of same old failings, really, that we've been talking about for weeks and weeks. Not enough guile in that, that final third to, to break down a defence who, who just want to sit and wait for us to, to do something. And... Uh, it felt like another Wigan at half time, but uh, but thankfully Bailey Wright got that goal. Yeah, yeah, very well taken, well done, Bailey. Um, and like I say, the game it didn't really fizzle out. I mean, Wimbledon came at us, uh, Martin, and a couple of good chances for them that they put wide. And Lee Burge had to make one save, which he should have done a lot better with anyway when he tried to punch it out to the to the goalkeeper. And it eventually finished one one. I mean, do you see that with everything that's gone in as a point gained or two dropped? I think in the in the context of the game, it's two points dropped. Like we, you know, you look at that game, and if we've got any aspiration whatsoever of going up, we need to to win games against Wimbledon at home. We need to get, win games against Wigan at home, don't we? It's you know, I think we could easily have lost it, like couldn't we? They had they looked like the team most likely to win it at the end. And you say Birch had that funny one where he punched it out. I think um, when they hit the bar, the oh, they, yeah, got, they, got a, they got they got thrown in from that, didn't they? I don't know whether Birch actually got a touch on the mm. onto the bar or whether it took a slight deflection off the. Um, defender was coming in but you know it's it's a point and I think if you'd reverse the results from Saturday and tonight and we got a point away at Lincoln and and beaten Wimbledon at home we'd be fairly satisfied with the whole thing wouldn't we but I was just gonna say if you if you go purely off chances just like you kind of mentioned there though Martin I think I think a, a point was probably a fair result oh, I, I don't yeah. dispute it's a fair result at all but I just think you know in, in the if you look at the fixtures that we've got where mm. we are in the league what we want to do and you know, you look at where where Johnson is in his sort of managerial reign with us. It's certainly two points dropped. Like, and yeah. you look at that performance, and I think um, this isn't any criticism of Johnson whatsoever, because obviously there was a whole host of mitigating factors today, wasn't there? But if you if you didn't know we'd change our manager, that was a Parkinson performance. We didn't yeah. threaten the goalkeeper. Yeah. We were you know trying to keep it tight. We didn't create anything. We really struggled to break down the the opposition, and it looked really laboured and really slow and. You know, it was kind of uh, the polar opposite of, of Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I had actually written down that Parkinson performance, but I mean, teams are going to come to Sunderland now and do what they've done, what Wimbledon did uh, and what Wigan did. They're going to just sit back, aren't they, and try and get a goal and then sit back even more, which is what happened tonight. And it's up to us now to, you know, break them down and find ways and, and means of doing it because, you know, that's all. teams aren't going to come here and play football, you know, because no, they'll right. get beat. You know, it's simple as, you know, you saw what happened on Saturday when I mean, a team tried to play football against us. We we hammered them 4-0. So, you know, it's 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 penny for thought for Johnson, really, to try and um, try and find a way to break that down. 
Uh, but we'll go into the player ratings now. Um, I will take Lee Burge. Um, I've given him a six. Um, you know, I didn't couldn't really do anything about the the penalty. Uh, it was well taken penalty. He made a good save in the first half when they broke away. And he's already got marked down for that flap at the end. I did have him as a seven, but that <laughs> flap at the end gave him a six. I thought it was just shocking. I thought it was just shocking goalkeeping. So if that's harsh, it's harsh. Fair enough. Um, we'll go to Conor McLaughlin with Chris. Um, again, I think another solid performance from Conor McLaughlin. We keep saying it. Uh, kind of. Um, I thought I've got him. I've got him down as a four. To be honest, I, th- ooh, I thought ooh. he was. I thought he was solid enough. Uh, he started not so solid. He, he started. <laughs> he started out half decent, but I just thought as the game went on, he just um, he just kept giving the ball away too much. He just didn't keep possession for us at all. I don't. I think apart from he did get forward once down the right where he actually put that decent cross in for for Will Grigg in the middle when Will Grigg kind of ran to the dash to the near post, which which yeah. was half decent, but he didn't do it enough and he just didn't keep possession for us enough. I'm not sure I can really knock him down too much on the defending side, although we got caught out a couple of times at the back. But yeah, I just I just want, want more for... I, I, actually, with Conor McLaughlin, he's getting to a standard where you kind of expect a level of performance just not spectacular, but solid, and I just thought he was a bit below that. Yeah, I agree. I, think, I thought he was a little bit below what he'd done, done the last few weeks. Yep, no problem at all with that, to be honest. Um, right, Martin, uh, Dion Sanderson, you know, got a chance to took it, I think, did well. Yeah, I thought he, he did pretty well. Um, and I think that's that's one of the positives out of today's game, along with the um, the COVID tests. Um, we've, we've been able to give <laughs> a lot the of positives. Of, <laughs> <laughs> been able to give the likes of Sanderson and Embleton and people like that that game time. So like, I thought he did pretty well. Um, nothing spectacular. I, I do like the way he carries the ball out of defence. I think he can mm. kind of add a, a different dimension to what we, we do. Um, but no, I gave him a six. I thought he was pretty solid. Yeah, de- dealt with Pickett very well, I thought, as well. Um, Pickett's a good striker for Wimbledon, as did Bailey Wright, who I've gave a seven. Um, thought he was very good defensively. Uh, got a little bit worried when he took that knock uh, just after uh, half time with his knee, but then recovered from that to score a very good goal to ultimately get us a point. Um, we'll move on to... Oh, I don't think this is going to be very high from Chris. <laughs> um, Callum McFadsian. No, I thought he was terrible. I thought I've got him down as a three. Um, he just, yeah, he just, same. he just seemed uncomfortable on the ball first half. He gave the ball away a lot. Awful defending for the penalty, and then after that, just kept giving the ball away. Um, he just didn't want to seem to pass to another Sunderland player. And then to kind of top it all off, late on, we we were kind of in a dangerous position, and he couldn't throw the ball in properly and give away a foul throw. Um, he got hooked straight away, didn't he? After that, yeah, just a yeah. just a terrible night all round for Fad McFadden. I've got him down as a three. Yeah, you deserve to lose a mark just for a foul throw because really, <laughs> professional footballer should not be foul throwing. I'm sorry, like, yeah. but shocking. I got, a, I gave him a three as well. Uh, in fact, he was a four and then a three because of the foul throw. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll go for uh, Grant Ledbetter, man. Yeah, I've got Grant Ledbetter as a six again. Pretty steady. Tried to influence the game positively. Tried to take control. But gave the ball away a few times as he he kind of tends to do on, on occasion. But now he's he's pretty solid. And, and look, he had. He had Embleton alongside him in the second half, which you know put a lot more responsibility on on Grant as a defensive midfield player. Um, mm-hmm. But now thought he's all right. Unspectacular six. Yeah, solid, but not, not spectacular. Uh, oh, I've got George Dobson. Um, Rice, I've given him a five. Oh, I just can't see anything. That he did some all right forward runs, I suppose, but he came off at half time ultimately. Um, yeah, the only plus point he's got rid of that ridiculous long hair. That's the only plus point I can say about him. He's <laughs> no, he's dreadful, dreadful. Um, no, he's just not good enough, is he, for Sunderland? Uh, Chris will go to Elliot Embleton. 
Yeah, I was quite quite impressed with Embleton tonight. I thought he had some good energy. I thought he made some good runs into the box. He had a header in the first half. I think it was about five minutes before the end of the first half um, where he got into the box and got into a good position. Maybe should have done better with that. But it was interesting yeah. in the second half when we changed formation and he went in kind of alongside Ledbetter and he went deep. It, it, it was quite interesting after that because he was the one ticking us over rather than Ledbetter. Yeah. He was the one who kind of dropped deep and went went hunting for the ball. And I thought he had a bit more urgency than, than Ledbetter when he was on the ball. When when Ebelton was on the ball, you could actually, he, he looked as if he knew we were getting beat rather than, yeah. you know, when people were kind of ponderous on the ball and taking too long with it. He was at least trying to, to get things moving. So I, I had him down as a sick. Yeah, fair, fair comment, Matt. Fair comment. Um, Aidan O'Brien, Martin. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Another um, one who had a big chance today hasn't took it. He didn't look. I, th- I think to be fair to him, you know, he, he hasn't played for for three or four weeks. He played the full full game, didn't he? Um, yeah. And I thought he, he actually started off pretty brightly. He had a few nice touches, and he was kind of more more reminiscent of the Aidan O'Brien who we saw play against Hull at the the very start of the season than the one that we've seen play subsequently. But you know, he, he had a few nice touches, but he didn't really do anything, did he? He didn't, you know, he had a couple of long ranges, one that I think he meant, one that he didn't. Um, no, look, he didn't threaten, and for a forward, I, I just don't really see what he, he contributes to the team apart from sort of knitting play together on occasion, so... Never looks like he's going to score. No, nah, he just doesn't threaten the, yeah. threaten the goal. Um, so, look, I've gone for a decimal, 5.5. A decimal, go for it, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go to uh, possibly a bright spark here, Jack Diamond. Um, thought, again, his pace scares teams you know not everything that he tries is going to come off well that's that's youth but i thought he was probably our most dangerous attacker which probably isn't saying that much like but i thought he did really well again um, and i've given him a seven tell you what and tell you with with diamond him and embleton i i just really enjoy watching them like yeah. the touches there the the intelligence is there for such young players and like not everything's going to come off by any, any stretch of the imagination but they've got intent and they're trying to really affect the game positively and like, I would love us just to stick with those two in in the side, give them the run of games, give them the experience, because they could be very, very good players for us. And they've actually they've got more potential than any other players that we have in the squad. Yeah, you, and like you'd rather have Emilton playing than Dobson, for instance. Well, that's right. I know Dobson's only young, but you know Emilton looks a lot better than Dobson. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just tell by his touch and his awareness, and he, you know, mm-hmm. trying to turn and look at and try to affect things, and it's just it's really pleasing to see, even in the. The context of today's relatively disappointing result, it's a it's a positive, I think. Yeah. 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 And it's exactly that word you used there, that when they got the ball they were positive and always look forward. And I think people are gonna to have to get used to uh Jack Diamond a little bit and the fact that he he'll look to go at people, maybe especially with how young he is, he might look to go at his opposite number kind of, you know, maybe a bit too much, rather than maybe kind of mixing it up and coming like giving it easy once or twice because if it only comes off kind of once every four times, there's going to be an element of frustration there. So he needs to pick and choose his time to so actually take on his full back and, and have a go at them. Um, but it just he was so positive. Um, it's just it's just pleasant to see after after watching <laughs> us play so far this season. Hopefully they're both <laughs> on good contracts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I know for <laughs> definite Elliot Hamilton's is, is up at the end of the season. I'm not sure on Jack Diamond, yeah, right. but Elliot is definitely up at the end of the season. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Chris, while you're on, we've got the um, the enigma that is Will Grigg. Uh, great chance again from, and he hasn't took it again. Yeah, well, I've gotten all the interesting ones today. McLaughlin. You have yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and now, now Will Grigg. Slightly anonymous, but he didn't particularly get a lot of service. Um, the odd cross he did get in the first half, you can see he's trying to. He's trying to make those runs 
that he wasn't doing. I don't think two or three months ago when he was brought into the side, he was he was very static when he was brought in earlier in the season, and he's he's starting to make those runs that I think he probably was before he came to Sunderland, to be honest. Yeah, but you can see you can see he's trying. He's just he he needs he needs some service, and he just he just didn't get it tonight. And I, I've got him down as a five because at least he at least he went looking for it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much agree. Um, he just needs a goal, doesn't he? He needs something to happen. He needs to go in off his arse or something like that. And and it, it, it probably will come, but the, his chances are running out, especially how well Charlie White's been doing, hasn't he? And um, it's yeah, he just he looks sad. Bless him, I think. Well, he does. To be honest, he looks really sad. I think he needs a good Christmas, and then you know, a COVID-free Christmas. Well, he might get a Christmas holiday now, might he? <laughs> Mate, yeah, <laughs> or a move. <laughs> anyway, I'll I'll quickly rattle off the subs. Uh, Linda Gooch, I just saw. I've I've just put unfit because he yeah. just didn't look. He didn't look as if he wanted. Well, he didn't look as if he could run past defender because of the the injury that he's had. Uh, Mitch Curry, uh, a five. Thought he looked piercey, but you know didn't really get a chance to get on the end of anything. Uh, John Willis probably looked alright actually when he came on. Uh, it looks as if he got his pace back a little bit, but wasn't on long enough to be honest. We'll have a man of the match from each of us and um we'll start with you, Chris. Um well probably we could tell by was we were talking about it. I have it's kind of a toss of a coin between Embleton and Diamond for me. I thought they were both um uh, both look positive, both kind of everything seemed to come through those two. Um and I'm gonna go for Embleton because I thought he I thought he kind of took over that mantle from Ledbetter in the second half and, and kept us ticking over. So I'm going to go for Embleton. No problem, man. And um, purely for the, the beauty of his left foot strike, I'm going to go for Bailey Van Basten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got three different ones because I've gone for Dion Sanderson. Just thought he's defending the day for his, for his the chance that he had. He hasn't had much chance for Sunderland. Just thought he defended very well. Thought he dealt with Piggott really well. Looks a half decent player. So we've, We've got three different different man of the matches. That shows you what match we've been watching. <laughs> um, and finally, finally, we'll go on uh, rate the manager. Uh, Martin, we'll start with you. I think it's a it's a really difficult one to to give Johnson any sort of score for really, given all the disruption that he he had. I um, you know, as I said, it was a it was a typical t- Phil Parkinson performance rather than a, a Lee Johnson performance, um, or what we hope and uh, are led to believe a Lee Johnson performance will be. So I'd, you know, in the in Given the context of the game, I think he, he obviously had a tough, a tough um, task today, but I don't think he deserves any more than a six. I think six is probably mm. generous. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for. I'm, I'm really kind of loath to go one lower just because he had so many problems, but I'm gonna go for a five because actually I think on paper we actually had a half decent team out. We don't know really how fit O'Brien was. Um, so there's a question mark on that. Gooch clearly didn't look fit, and maybe rushed Willis back as well because of because we needed needed bodies on the bench. But uh, I'm going to give him a five because he. Um, I, I just think with the team we put out, I thought we we should have we should have played better against Wimbledon. Simple as that. I thought he he did well at half time because uh, something needed to change. So he, he brought yeah. he brought Dobson off and changed the formation, put Embleton and Ledbetter in front of the the back four. Uh, pushed one further forward in Gooch, so at least he tried something. He he was proactive. The the one concern I've got is against Lincoln. We could have easily been two down because we got caught a couple of times before we got the first goal. And yeah, tonight yeah. we looked a bit flaky in terms of Wimbledon looking dangerous every time they got the ball running at our at our back four. Sometimes it was on the counter, and sometimes it was just a long ball over the top. Whether Johnson's trying to push us further up the pitch, um, I don't know, but. I don't know whether it's got us getting used to the back four, have to play him with a three for so long. But I think I think if going forward, if this is anything to go by, we might 
uh, have to accept that. We're going to give teams a few chances, but I just hope that our attacking play gets better and, and we score more. But we'll have to see moving forward because I hope we tighten up a little bit at the back. Yeah, yeah, I've given a, I've actually given a six as well, but I could go down to a five, five and a half, a five because I agree with both your points. I just think the disruption of what we've had, you know, on game day to get a point, yeah, but we probably should have played better. So yeah, yeah maybe five and a half to a six. Uh, we'll uh, we'll probably leave it leave it leaving on that one. Plenty of room for improvement. We've split them, Martin. <laughs> you've, you have you've split as you have you have. Lastly, everyone at Rock Report would like to send their deepest condolences to the family of David Dent. David was a huge Sunderland fan who was the secretary of the Sedgefield branch. Anyone who's been to any away game will know who David is. And uh, this sad time, we'd like to send out our sincere condolences. Rest in peace, David. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.